0: Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 50. Just a reminder, you can find my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at callthatgirl.podbean.com. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash callthatgirl. And I think, folks, I am about ready to start making some daily YouTube videos. I've been uh, getting more calls on the YouTube, so for those that uh, have a lot of how-tos and stuff and you you're looking for some new marketing ideas that YouTube does work. Um, what I do is I generally make a small video and then I tag it and SEO it and name it right. And sometimes I even try to see what other people have put out for videos and do all the fine tuning, put the information in your description and the calls are coming in. And I'm also finding that my clients are not only reading my blogs, but they're, they've also said, yeah, I've been watching your videos so I need to start doing a daily video or every other day or whatever to maybe even more just talk about what I'm doing because when you're out there talking about it, people get to know you, and I think they see it as a value add that they're going to be talking to you when they hire you. So uh, let's let's see how that goes. I'm gonna start doing that tomorrow. I put it on my marketing list because uh, I definitely have time to whip out some quick videos. And before we get going with the show, just want to shout out to our friends over at App River. Uh, if you ch- did not check out my last podcast, number 49, you might want to do that. I interviewed uh, Steve Harris, the my sales rep for Map River. It was a great show. And you know what I loved about it is that we talked about all the products that they sell and the benefits of using them over directly reselling with Microsoft. The, the little things that you can get that save you time and money and plus having a relationship with a company that... Just by far for me, saves me so much time and energy. It's unbelievable. So uh, they are all located in Florida and the techs have great um, training. So they're, you know, they're really good when you first call them. They have a 15 minute response time with emails. And if you call generally, you just get a tech on the spot. So if you're looking for an office 365 or website security or uh, compliance, archiving, um, spam filtering products, check out River. You can email my rep, Steve Harris, at sharris at appriver.com. All right. And then, of course, I'd like to talk about the two Facebook groups. Uh, The one group that I'm in uh, is still nice and small. And uh, if you join soon, uh, it's, it's an awesome group of technicians. It's called the IT Business Owners Group or IT BOG. Uh, it's run by Scott Sanders, and um, there's a lot of good daily chat in there, so feel free to jump in and join up and tell Scott you heard of it through my show. And then my group is actually doing quite well, too. It's 123 members now, and a lot of people are starting to put out the little questions about Office and Outlook and those things. Um, it's good for quick chat, and you know participate when you want. But the links for those two groups are going to be in the show notes at callthatgirl.podbean.com, show number 50. Okay, now I'm going to talk about two things that really don't have anything to do with tech. But I just got to tell you guys that that lady with the Chewbacca mask, oh my God, that was just an insane viral video. I've been just watching how many views she's had. She has 123 million in three days. Uh, it's today is, uh, May 22nd in three days, 123 million views just over her putting on a Chewbacca mask and laughing at herself, which I find hilarious. Uh, uh, this, you know, listening to her was really funny, but that to me, that kind of stuff just amazes me when I see that. And if you haven't checked it out, um, I could put a link up to it for her Facebook, but it is just, it's just I love watching these viral videos that aren't intended to be viral because that's an insane amount, 123 million. I mean, that's just crazy. And then um, I did get my tattoo. I talked about this on a few shows ago with uh, Christian from Ink Master Season 7. I booked my appointment six weeks ago, I think maybe five weeks ago, and I didn't know he was going to be in the final three, and he is. So I spent, on Thursday, I spent three hours – with him at his shop and down here in Vegas. And, you know, I gotta say was, that was probably one of the coolest experiences I've had in a long time. And and we didn't talk a lot about the show, but we did a little bit, but he's just a cool person in general. And, um, just, you know, he's starting his own shop up here soon and he's just got a lot going on, but it was really, you know, a unique experience for myself. And, um, We ended up reworking a tattoo I had because it was starting to fade off because I've been in the sun so much being in Florida and now Vegas and it's hot and dry, but he had on a lot of new bling to it and everything. And uh, we talked about some new appointments that we're going to book and get some more work done. But uh, he did make a little video for Mitch, my producer and his wife, Margaret, and I put that up on YouTube. So I'll put that in the show notes as well. I think that that was pretty cute. (laughs) And, you know what? He's on Tuesday Night Live, Ink Master on Spike TV, so check it out if you're around. Um, great guy, and I hope he wins. Hope he does. All right. I also found out, let's see, April 1st, I um, had been wanting to raise my rates for a very long time. I thought I was at that level. I was you know, preparing and started looking at the jobs I was doing, and April 1st, I raised my rates. Now the whole month of April I had so much going on from March still and I didn't really do a good analysis of it but my numbers were okay. Like I was, you know, fine with it. But the last week of April I started noticing a slowdown and like all tech businesses we have slowdowns. You know, there's three weeks or whatever. Mine typically go twice a year for three weeks, I have a slowdown. And since right now I'm not cash poor like I used to be, I don't really get stressed out and worried about it. But this one I was starting to stress and worry about because I saw a correlation with the the jobs that were coming in and the drop in my calls with my answering service and the drop with my website hits. And I was really starting to panic like, oh my God, maybe I raised it too high. And um, generally I don't worry, you know, about things like this, but I was starting to really think about it. And I did my numbers check, uh, what I think about a little less than a week ago and the panic hit. And I said, I think I'm just too high. And I, and when the panic hits, I, you know, you have a choice. You can keep what you're doing and stress it out, or you can just re- go back to your old numbers and try to figure out something else. It's called testing the market. And a lot of businesses have to do this because, you know, if you raise it too high, you know, well, the thing is, I raised it too high. I was still getting work in, but my call volume was down. And I was getting kind of bored. Like I didn't have enough to keep me busy and I just have to be busy to me. If I have idle hands, not good. I just go crazy. So uh, what I did was on Tuesday, I lowered my rates down again and instant back to normal. I don't even know how that happened. It was uh, it was so funny. I was doing a video with somebody, and I said I just lowered them like 10 minutes ago, and during that video, I had four requests in. And it was coincidence or not, but after Tuesday, my whole world just felt normal again, and I was so happy. So the thing I'm going to do with raising my rates is that I've realized that I have some expert-level work that I can raise my rates for within Outlook, but just not everything. And, you know, like some of the specialized work, like the Office 365 work, I could probably bill higher for that. You know, that's, I I didn't make a decision when I was going to raise it again, but the Office 365 work, I definitely think I could raise it for that. The blacklist, spam list work I do, uh, maybe some exchange migrations I could price a little higher, which I already am pretty expensive for that anyway. But um, I don't know. I just think that. Right now was not the time for me to go all in and I took it back and now I'll I'll refigure it out. And I'll share that with you as I, you know, make those changes again. But, you know, I thought about it and my exchange prices are still pretty fair. Um, I'll talk about a migration I did a couple weeks ago and where it turned out to be, you know, the same prices if I would have done it by the hour. And so that's why I think I've priced them correctly, you know, but we'll see. I'll talk about that in the, the show today, though. Now we're going to move on to some jobs I had. And this last week must've been Google apps week because I had three Google apps jobs. And, you know, I think, I think the problem here is that, you know, Google apps is meant to be um, it's an application. It's a third party app. Well, that's the sync I'm talking about in the outlook. So when, When people are on Google Apps for their full, you know, everything in Outlook, they have to set up the sync tool. Well, I think why I'm getting these calls is their technicians didn't know to set up the sync tool. They set up their email as IMAP, but no calendar contacts and tasks and stuff like that. And that's kind of super important to get it to function, right? And uh, so one of the calls I took was from a company that said, well, we were on a – I talked about this with Steve – Last week, I think we were on one big provider. Then we had to switch to another one, and this one didn't go well. And I think because the text didn't set up the Google App Sync tool in Outlook, they were doing IMAP, and these folks had 20 plus gigs, and plus there were some of them were using old Outlook. So they, you know, I literally fixed one lady in like 45 minutes. Um, the little trick about the Google App Sync tool is. You know, people are going to miss mail if it's if you're using the uh, standard setting, which is one gig. So that's why these people were missing a lot of mail because they have 19 gigs that wasn't being brought down because of the default settings with the Google App Sync tool. So what you need to do is go down to the taskbar and go right click on the Google App Sync tool and change. I think it's called mailbox settings or options. I don't remember. I don't have it here on me. But if you right-click on it and go to those settings, you can check check the Unlimited button, which then will bring down all the mail. And that's what the main issue was for these folks. But some of them still had other problems because one guy was on 2010. Well, 20 gigs in Outlook 10 is like shoving a 500-pound person into a VW Bug. It'll fit. It'll be very uncomfortable. Outlook Uh, when you're at the 20 gig mark needs to be upgraded and so first thing i did with that guy was is i set up the google app sync and then i got down the 20 gig and he was like my outlook is still slow and i said yep we're gonna upgrade you now because i didn't know if uh the upgrade would have to have a new newly created um google apps profile or not i said let's do it friday just to be safe. And it worked out pretty good. It kept the same profile. We didn't have to download anything. It was awesome. I downgraded him from 16 to 13 though, just to, this a reminder. I'm not happy with 2016 right now. So we put on 2013 and he'll call me on Monday and let me know how it goes, but it looked really good to me. Now I could have done that before I got it all done, but you know, it, I just wanted to make sure it all got down and, and it did. So that was uh, one job with him. I did the other person before that. And now I got four more to do. And, um, I said, you know, you guys should still be on exchange. <laughs> they're like, we know we just went through a big migration though. And I, they don't want to back to back them and I don't blame them. So I said, well, one day, one day we'll get you over to exchange again. <laughs> one day. Um, Another Google Apps job I took, this one is a little interesting because the guy really didn't care um, about his email so much, but he had about 1,000 tasks. And so the first thing he called me on was he said, Lisa, I just got a new computer and all my tasks are missing. And I'd helped him like a few months ago with a small job. I said, okay. So I remoted in and about half halfway into the call, I'm like, Man, I don't know where your tasks are. I mean, I know how to go find stuff, right? I'm digging around the, the computer. I'm looking at any PSTs, OSTs, nothing. I haven't tried repairing an OST, nothing. And I'm like, I don't get it. It's all just nothing's there. And then he said, uh, you know what? My, my, at one point, I could see my calendar, and it was sinking. And I said, oh, So you need the Google Apps sync tool. See, I didn't know he was on Google apps. So once we set up the Google apps tool, all the tasks came down and he was happy as a clam. But then the problem is he had 27 gigs. Now you're probably asking yourself, Lisa, how do all these people that you work with have all this insane amount of email? 27 gigs is nothing. Let me tell you, that's becoming the norm. 20 to 30 gigs on a server is becoming the norm. That to me, doesn't even shock me anymore. Uh, I I start getting, you know, I start going nuts when I start seeing 80 gigs, 80 to 100. That's what puts me in panic a little. But 27 is nothing. So what I ended up doing with this guy was saying, look, you know, you don't need all 27 gigs on your Outlook. A lot of that's old. And he was like, yeah. So then we started getting down to surgery level. We uh, logged into his Gmail mail and went to the settings and went to, I think it's the IMAP let me look it up on my computer here. I think it's an IMAP. Uh, I pop an IMAP tab. And when you go in there, oh, actually, excuse me, it's the accounts. So that's what it is. So I'm going to go to, I'm on my, come on, hurry up. The settings are being slow here. Um, I believe it's the, <laughs> okay, I'm, uh, I'm doing a video I'm making a recording, and, of course, it won't move. Okay. Um, it's called labels, actually. So now the labels in there show you all of the, the folders and everything, and it gets pretty good, good in there, you know, good and deep in there. So what you want to do is you want to show or hide and then uncheck the show and IMAP button. That was what saved this fella. We got him down from 27 gigs in his Outlook to about 9 gigs. And then we actually, he wanted it more cleaned up than that. And I told him, you know, happy-go-lucky outlook is three to five gigs. I mean, honestly. So then we had to do this thing called remove archived email, which it only does it in Google Apps. It archives stuff, and there was just tons of email in there. So then I we went through, and I, I went onto some Google Apps support page, and I found a partial fix for that. Wasn't a hundred percent, but we only did the first part and tested it and it all went away, all the archive mail. So then it got his, his, um, Google apps got down to about three or four gigs, I think. And that, I believe I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but anyway, um, that was wonderful. So the Google Apps sync tool does work, but you got to remember that these people have, you know, 20, 30 gigs of mail maybe more. You can find out by going into their Gmail and when you hit their inbox at the very bottom, it actually tells you how much space they're using. But to find out exactly for the mail, you have to click on the manage button and then it shows you what the Google drive has versus just the Gmail. And that is um, a nice little handy thing to know when you're dealing with a Google apps client pronto, because I actually do that now before I even move into any repairs just in case. Yeah. Okay. So that was that job, and that was done. That guy bought a two-hour ticket, and we ended up just about using that whole thing. With actually, it was a three-hour job total. Um, then I took another call from a tech down in Florida, and he was so much fun. And I think him and I have spent more time on the phone just chatting than than uh, <laughs> than actually fixing this client's computer, her her Outlook. But uh, long story short, with her is that she had. Um, on a PST file in a POP account. And remember, she has a, an iPhone and another laptop, so none of that email ever synced. But she wanted it to sync. So they made a copy of the PST and imported it into IMAP without knowing this, but she had, and this is no joke, 24,000 folders. I I don't even know how that somebody could make 24,000 folders, but they did. And they also had a corrupted PST repair from last year that got dumped in there. So all of those emails, because of the, the, the PST repair tool they used, they didn't buy, they only used a demo. So all the emails were still with the the demo and they were all stripped out. And I was like, Oh my God. So pretty much everything from before September in those 24,000 folders was not there, so I said, "Okay, well, first thing we need to do with this is let's go repair the PST from before you guys did that repair." I did that on my end, and oh my god, I was so happy. But let me just tell you what it's like to look at twenty four thousand folders. It is pretty overwhelming. Uh, but I got to I got to give props to this client though because they have a very detailed managed system. Which twenty four thousand folders? That's an That's a, that's a, that's a beautiful, beautifully organized folder system. I'll tell you, but, uh, I did get all those fixed. So then I said, okay, now what? It was about 20 gigs when it was all done and fixed. So actually it was a 12 gig to start turned out to be 20 after the repairs. And uh, I said, you know, look, you want your phone, your laptop, and your master computer to all synchronize. Let's just put that fixed PST from September. Let's just put that on your master and not even put it up on a server. I, I don't even know if I could get 24,000 folders on an exchange server. I'm tempted to try it just to see if I can do it. Cause then I will know I can, but uh, that's just not something I feel is a value for her because 24,000 folders is going to take forever to sync. But I guess if it does, you know, it'd be nice, but there's no need for it because Uh, the one thing I think, you know, with, with clients is I had to interview her and I said, look, do you do most of your core work at your home office? And she said, yeah. And I said, so your laptop is for day to day when you're all traveling, you just need the current stuff. She said, yep. And the phone is just for quick swiping, moving mail. And so that's why I said, let's just keep the old stuff off and let's just put the new stuff on. And she was in total agreement with me on that. And, uh, so that's going to be a two plus hour job plus a migration that's that's good work right there. And plus, we got her in a good, the exchange is what she really needed over that IMAP. And I'll just tell I'll just tell you guys out there, and if you think putting people on an IMAP server is a good idea, I, I just refuse to do those anymore. It's just almost so outdated. It breaks all the time. And you've heard me talk about this. It's just not worth my time, and people pack them full all the time. Every one of my clients has a ton of email. It just ain't worth it can't do it. Okay. Uh, then I did a really sweet little migration on Friday. Uh, the client, you know, had about a gig of mail, uh, an easy calendar, easy contacts, nothing big. Um, I, I was on her computer for about two and a half hours watching it and doing the migration and, you know, I kind of miss those easy ones (laughs) because (laughs) this next story I'm going to tell you was not so easy. And it went six ways from Sunday in a crazy direction. Uh, So I took a client about a year and a half ago off IMAP to exchange because they had a lot of IMAP problems. And that job was pretty, pretty uh, horrible uh, just because there were so many IMAP problems. The client was great, but not the IMAP. But anyway, so it turns out that the client wanted to change from one domain to another. And we'd been planning this for a while. And I said, well, look, it should be this easy because you're already on exchange. So I should be able to remote in, back up the PST, then go import it into the new PST or the new exchange in the Outlook. So I said, you know, let's just start with an eight-hour ticket and see what we get done with that. And the client was like, sounds good. I never promised it would be done in eight hours because you just can't. But, now it's a good start. And they know that there might be another bill. So then from the time she bought that prepay till she actually wanted to do the cutover from domain to domain, they used up three hours, whatever. And that included my administrative time to set up the new accounts and help them and everything. But here's the problem is that the day we started the actual migration, uh, I do my stuff. I log into the owner's computer. I back up the PST. I go to the next person's computer. Well, actually I do a few other things like But since all of their stuff was on Exchange Server, I didn't need to do the contacts and calendar and all that. I went to the second person. And then I started realizing, I went back and forth, and I was like, why is the backup not the same size as the Exchange Mailbox? That bothered me. The second person, I did it, and I was like, it's bothering me. But the problem is that already started importing the PSTs into the new, new domain Exchange Accounts. I caught it, though, on the second person, thank God, not the sixth. Oh, man, let me just tell you, the biggest the biggest snag of this for these two people was I went into their uh, email accounts in Outlook, and there's a slider that I forgot to check. And I totally admit my faults. But when you go to Outlook, you go to File, Account Settings, Account Settings, and then there you'll see the exchange account, and you double-click it. There's a little slider that says Mail to Keep Offline, By default, it picks the last 12 months, and I know that, and I forgot. Okay, so problem is is that I had exported out only the last 12 months of mail, and I was importing it in, and it was already like done. So at the second person, I before I even moved on, I told the owner, I was like, "Okay, I have a huge mess up, and this is not going to be good." And I, I said, it is my fault, but it's not. And I totally showed her and she was like, totally cool. You know, I mean, I admit my faults with people. You have to, but it really wasn't my fault, but it was. So we ended up having to do it. <laughs> this was what sucks. I ended up having to open up the PST file and manually check each folder and go move the mail that didn't make it. After I, hit that, I had to move that slider over and do it all again, I probably spent four or five hours on her and the other person's computer just fixing my mess up which was frustrating. So then let me get to my notes here. Cause I worked on the next four people and here's what, um, can happen when you're doing six computers that you haven't been in in a while. The, the next person I helped their Outlook 2016 was broken and they told me it was broken. Like there was a lot of weird things going on. I said, well, before we do anything, then I have to, um, I have to downgrade you because it's not going to work well, you know, with this with this exchange. So that was a repair I had to do. Um, had to downgrade her to 2013. Another problem I had was another client had 2010, and the biggest issue with 2010 I have outside that I used to just love it is that you cannot have you now. Let's put it this way: when you have an exchange account in a profile, okay. And then you go into the control panel and go add another uh, exchange account to that same profile. It won't let you remove the original one because it's called the primary and it's kind of like hard coded into that profile. And I haven't, you know, unfortunately I haven't done a migration lately that had that problem, but I'm trying to learn with each one because sometimes it's these little things you have to learn. So that person had to get a whole new profile, which is not a big deal because Rob and I have talked about this before and it's sometimes easier just to create a new profile so then you have fresh and no problems. And I kind of have made a commitment now moving ahead to just have a fresh profile for everybody and just do the aftercare and fix it all up. It's a lot easier than to do it all and then know that you can't remove it. That that kind of, it just sucks. (laughs) Okay, and then another person had, um, excuse me, had... um, uh, 2013, I think. And they had three different per- profiles. But those are really easy uh, to do because one was the old one. I just uh, backed it up, went into the new profile that they already had set up for the new domain, imported it in, and it was pretty easy. Um, the second one, let's see here. Uh, they cannot have two in the profile. I think 2013 gave me that similar snag. You cannot have two. Now, this is not... Something that used to happen. Uh, I don't remember, or I don't recall anyway, of having that problem with 2013 and 16. Which, so now, like I said, I'm just going to start making new profiles. Keeping the old profile used to be easy, but it's not anymore. But the thing, this with, the, with the, the fifth person I helped, they had a lot of personal accounts. So if you have to make a new profile and you're helping them with one, then you pretty much should just get used to the fact that you're going to have to help them set up all their other personal accounts too, and that's more time intensive. So overall, this project took 12 billable hours. That's I tracked it by being on the phone, and because it was kind of weird, it took more than a day, I and mean, we were on this thing for four days. Um, it was 12 billable hours. And at you know my rate of 139 for that, 139 times 12, hold on. Oops, i got to clear up my calculator here. 139 times 12 is $1,668. And I charge $350 for the first mailbox, which includes admin time. And for six mailboxes at $250, that's $15. I mean, it's about right on par. And the thing is, a lot of technicians I know don't charge you know, a lot of money for this migration because they're either selling it through MSP or a reseller or whatever you're doing. But this one was exchange to exchange. It should have been easy, and it just wasn't. I learned a few lessons, but, uh, you know, technically, you can't control Outlook with what it does, and that's why when you do them manually like this. So I was thinking about switching to just doing migration whiz, moving forward for more, you know, when there's multiple mailboxes. But I think that would have fixed that. uh, The migration whiz would have got the uh, slider stuff for sure. But to me, six people is an easy day. I mean, I can handle six by myself. But I think I am going to start using Migration Whiz for for anything more than a couple maybe because, you know, that slider, man, that is tricky when you're doing it manually. You got to remember to check that right away. And if I would have done that right away, it would have been a lot easier. I'll just tell you folks that. And I always try to share with you my stories and things I learned because I still learn the hard way. Often. (laughs) I hate to say it often, but I don't know. Yeah, actually the 12 billable hours were, was being pretty kind. Uh, A lot of the times I was, I was not um, billing her because I was just fixing things I felt were on my end. And like the first four or five hours of fixing all that. Yeah. That was not billable to her. (laughs) That was totally my fault. And, and uh, I just wasn't felt that was fair. All right, gang, let me see what else I got in my notes here. This was just a quick show for me to recap because the last two shows I had guests. And I was like, I better just do my own show here. Uh, Just a reminder for anybody that's interested, I am doing uh, the Computer Business Breakthrough with Matt Rodella, Matthew Rodella. And our classes will be starting on Thursday. So if you are interested in... Uh, taking our course—it's a video training live webinar, which is also recorded, so you don't have to—you uh, don't have to be there. I mean, you should try to be there because it's going to be cool. We're doing live interaction with you folks, chatting in real time. We have seven or eight guests lined up that are that we've been recording bonus interviews with. One is uh, Marson from Malwarebytes, the founder. Another one is Fabs from Fabs Auto Backup. We got Troy from Repair Shopper, uh, Ken Dwight from The Virus Doctor, and the founders of Nine Night, Sasha and Patrick. We got those guys. And um, let's see, let's see, Computer Bears Breakthrough. I don't want to miss anybody here. Um, We got, uh, let's see, Uh, J. David Sims, the founder of HIPAA for MSPs, I just got to tell you that that was a fascinating interview with that guy. Wow, that that you know, the, I'm just I feel kind of like special. I got to listen in on that story because everybody has a story, and all these people that we're interviewing are telling their story of how they built their products and how they got the idea for it, and and how they started out and how they started selling it and marketing it, and and you know, it's just really interesting to listen to these folks and get to know the back end a little bit because if you ever get a chance to check out a podcast with them, a lot of them are just talking about their products. They're not telling you the back end story. And a lot of these people broke out of what they were doing, which is, you know, like they were doing the work, then they created a product and now that's all they're doing is working on their product. And that's what, that's what Matt and I have kind of done. He's broke out with his uh, tech site builder and, and got out of break fix computer repair and just doing websites now and, But the stuff he's doing with websites is not just building them. He's doing a lot of cool stuff with uh, WordPress. And me, with my Outlook and Office 365, I'm finally at my happy place where this is all I'm doing. I'm saying no to viruses. I'm saying no to printer jobs. And I'm just refusing to do it because it's a waste of time for me. I just don't want to play in that pool anymore. So if you've been thinking about, you know, I don't know, like just like what else is there out there for me? I kind of need to do something else. You know, do you, are you inspired by other people that are doing things? You know, this course, it's a uh, 297 bucks for that. You get the 10, the 10 webinars with us live. You're going to have access to all the guest videos and Matt and I are giving out some handouts and the eBooks. A lot of my eBooks flow with these uh, courses, by the way. Um, it's it's gonna be a pretty cool class and it's kind of an investment, you know, it's not just like a buy now thing and you know buy it and don't do anything with it and read it later when you're bored. This is actually, you know, like school. Think of it like you're you're buying a, a school course and you actually want to participate and take advantage of it, take notes, and figure out your own niche. And sometimes it's nice to have a little coach, a little coaching, a little counseling, like someone to itch you there. And man and I are totally gonna be, you know, there for you guys, we're setting up a Facebook group that I think, um, the Facebook group is going to be cool because Matt and I are already on there chatting anyway. And I'm in my Facebook groups as it is that we can kind of interact and help you if you're stuck or have a question or, and plus the other participants are going to be in the Facebook group too. So that's kind of nice, but, um, yeah, I, I'm excited. This is a good project for me. Cause I love sharing and I love talking about stuff and, uh, it's just, a, it's just a good outlet for me to kind of showcase the stuff I really enjoy doing, which is my stuff now. Just got to share it with you all. All right, gang, this is not going to be the longest show probably. I think I'm out of my notes already, but uh, I don't know. It was, uh, I wasn't really uh, – I had two other shows with other people, so it wasn't a lot for me to talk about, and plus it was slow. That bummed me out. But it's going to be back to busy again. It, it will be. I just felt so happy. All right, gang. So I'm going to close up the show. This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. Don't forget to check out that YouTube also of Christian saying hi to Mitch. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, App River, and Podbean for hosting. If you have a story you want to share, you want to be a guest on the show, contact Lisa at callthatgirl.biz, and you can check out my shows at callthatgirl.biz slash office365. That's it, gang. See you next time.